0: Yeah, yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear this. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through, is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper but a drink. Faith without is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work don't eat, Slackers don't get fed huh? Yeah, Jesus said he who puts his hands to the pile looks back the same ain't fit Some of y'all ain't been in the just five minutes and you about ready to quit I ain't mad at ya, I'm just hitting you with the real huh? If you died for me I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel Check this out, deep game, this here's deep huh? Some of y'all ain't sawin' nothing but you study trying to reach huh? But after him who's able to position your father's by his glory Struggle might be part of your testimony but it ain't the end of the story Upon it, sisters prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. I know we can relate. Fiery problem to the tribe you You say why you but your shirt say what would Jesus do? Why you asking if he ain't trying to do what he's saying? Huh? He told you he was going to have tribulations, but you thought he was playing. Huh? One minute you tell her how good God is and can't nobody beat you talk. The next minute you fighting so fast, it's like like you're moonwalking. Huh? Oh yeah, I bitching to myself because I ain't no better. It ain't like I've been following his every word, obeying it to the letter. So we told us, we got to remember that. Regroup, stay on point. Hey, yeah, bow down, confess, repent, stay humble, let him anoint. Huh? It ain't easy as I thought it was, I'd be lying if I told you that. But it showed up getting better all the time, trust me, that's the fact. Ain't never we going through, that can't be heaven. God put that on his tongue. Like they say, you can shout now if you want to, cause the battle's already won. So while you're going through the valley, don't even show. you're gonna be on top. Quiet, in the hook line no more, guess, that's time you don't stop. I know we can make.
1: everybody, this is I am Indy. This is your host, Mr. Lamont Patterson. You know, come to you every Wednesday to bring you the best of the new music. Should I say from all your genres, you know, you can hear it first here. We have the exciting guest that's gonna come on and talk about what it is, what they're doing, and uh hopefully they'll drop some jewels so you guys out there could do the same thing, you know, with all the inspiring artists and stuff. So we always try to bring guests on so near that could actually share their journey and their story. And hopefully you could uh, pick up something from what they got going on, what they've been through, what they're doing to help your journey less stressful, you know. Anyway, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, today, our guest is Mr. Brad Puckett two-time Nashville country music independent artists of the year wow you know what i like about country music and i just want to chime in and say this right here right now man they tell some real shit man they tell some real stories you know what i mean they don't make up nothing you know they they get right down to talk about stuff that everyday people can relate to you know stuff like you know my wife took my dog and all that kind of stuff but anyway let me stop running my mouth and um Let's see if uh, uh, I guess has joined us And I know that uh, They've been having some weather problems in the area And hopefully He and his family is not affected by that Uh, Mr. Puckett, are you with us?
2: Yes, sir, I'm here Are you there?
1: (laughs) Yes, sir, I'm here too (laughs) I can hear you loud and clear
2: Good deal Thank you, Lamont Thank you for having me on the show I appreciate it
1: Uh, Well, thanks you for Um Taking time out and come through to chat with us a little bit. How you doing, sir?
2: Doing well, sir. How about yourself?
1: Oh, I'm 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 good. I mean, how I, I was I was uh, how was the weather treating you?
2: Oh, it's been rough in in Nashville, but we're uh, we're getting through it. You know, tough town, people surviving, and everybody's helping out. So it's it's been a little rough with the weather, but definitely uh, better every day. And we're just happy to you know and thankful for every day you have.
1: Well, that's that's a very, very true statement. You notice I gave a couple of seconds to, no, a couple of minutes to Big Boy Upstairs, and hopefully, you know, he will look down on here and touch everybody and help us all get through it because there's a bunch of crazy stuff going on right now in the world.
2: Oh, absolutely. I agree with that. So just, you know, just uh, count your blessings. Thank the good Lord for every day and just be positive positive, keep moving forward. That's all we can do.
1: Right. Well, Brad, I always like to start off the show by giving the artists a couple minutes, you know, just to kind of tell the people kind of like where you come from. Uh, I know you just didn't just wake up one day and and be this dynamic artist and and musician. Um, How did you get to where you are? I mean, you know, from a child, I mean, did you have um, uh, uh, other people in your family that played music? or How did you get going?
2: Well, that's a good question. I've always been in love with music from, from a little kid on. I mean, I think I was five years old and did my first talent show uh, in kindergarten, to be honest with you. Um, my brother was into music. He was a singer as well. He's older than I am. Um, he had a lot of influences like, you know, Journey, Foreigner, a lot of the old rock and rollers. But uh, a funny story, he had Michael Jackson playing when I was about seven, seven years old in the house, and I fell in love with Billy Jean. I swear, I thought that guy, I thought Michael was a fabulous entertainer, and I loved the song, and, you know, I just loved what music did to me. It made me feel good, and made me, you know, want to get up and dance, and uh, as I got older, uh, I had some friends of mine in the country music world that did some songwriting and so forth and introduced me to playing guitar, and, and I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed writing songs and, you know, being able to take things I'm going through at the time and put them into music and... And, and once I started doing that, I started going out and you know, playing local bars, local clubs, different shows. And, and, you know, I really kind of enjoyed doing that. Plus, you can make a little money at it, and it was helping me get through college. And, uh, you know, and then after that, several years back, I met some, some larger, bigger writers in Nashville and was trying to hone my craft to songwriting and then try to put together an artist package that would make sense for people they would like. But what I tell people about the journey is it's a lot of hard work from day one. Just Brad,
1: let me let me let me ask you a question real quick. I don't wanna just jump in here, but how long what was the time span from uh the time that you actually picked up a uh, the guitar uh to get to your first gig?
2: I started playing I guess I was sixteen Lamont and I guess my first gig was about eighteen. I started playing bars about eighteen different clubs, you know, all through my twenties my there. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, just kept doing it from then on out. Started off just acoustic, me and the guitar, and played many shows that way. And then, you know, I found a band, and we traveled around the country and, and did a lot of bigger events and fairs and festivals, which we still I still get to do that, which I'm fortunate to do that. But uh, I always like to strip it down and just go, just me and the guitar. I think that really lends to a more intimate experience with the crowd, and you can interact with people better.
1: No, I, I agree. I guess the reason I ask that question is for some of my listeners out there that's, uh, you know, picking up a guitar or trying to master the guitar, um, you know, the time that you picked it up and the time that you was actually out there, you know, gigging. And so right, about two, two years. If you did that in a two-year time span, that meant you put in some work in terms of practice and rehearsals.
2: Uh, yes, yeah, or just, you know, mostly what I tried to do, if, if there's some beginners out there just starting, you know, what I did is I found songs that I liked and I learned to play those and those happened to be popular songs at the time. So as I learned more and more songs that way, I was able to take those and, and put them into a, to more of a show format and be able to play them. So I wasn't just, you know, finding things that I didn't like. I wanted to, I think the main thing, if you're going to pick up a guitar and try to learn it and and become an artist, you know, start with the songs that made you want to do that to start with, you know. Uh, I've always been a Johnny Cash fan, a Garth Brooks fan, you know, so I started with their songs and, and learned how to play those. And so I was more passionate about staying with those and learning that. And then I started doing rock and roll music and, and different genres once I kind of got the basics down.
1: Well, great stuff, great stuff. Yeah, I just want to kind of get you to touch on that a little bit, you know, to for our listeners out there to know that, you know, it, you know, it can happen. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It can happen, okay. you know. If you put in the work, you know, uh, it, it definitely can happen for them too. It's not an impossible task.
2: Not at all. I mean, you can get anything you want to set your mind to it. I mean, I, I would practice three, four hours a day trying to learn new music and learn music, you know, and when I, you know, of course I was working and going to college and things like that at the time, but, you know, I made it a priority. And I think the more hard work you put in, the more you get out of it. I really do. Mm -hmm.
1: Agreed. Agreed. So uh, I know you got a bunch of stuff going on now, and I think you mentioned some of your brother's influences and Michael Jackson was one, some of yours were, (laughs) who are some of the influences that you have currently?
2: Uh, some of my influencers, I mean, you know, they're, they're kind of a wide variety for me. I mean, you know, I started off, you know, always liking country music. I was a Garth Brooks fan from way back in the day. And then, you know, I started off being a rock and roll fan. I was more into rock and roll to start with and I was country music. Um, you know, I'll, I'm a KISS fan. I like those guys. Now, I like the softer stuff like, you know, I like Phil Collins and the Brian Adams stuff and learned to play a lot of their stuff early on. And James Taylor was a big influence for me, and Jim Croce. People know who that is. Or and then when I was coming up through the ranks, you had to know a lot of Jimmy Buffett for some reason. Everybody wanted to hear that when I played bars, and they wanted to hear Jimmy Buffett songs, so I had to learn those. And you know, so a big mix for me, you know. And then some of the bigger harder bands, you know, like um, growing up, you know, I mean Metallica was big then. I had to learn a lot of that. It was just really, it was kind of funny because in my show years ago, we would do. Some some harder rock, and then we would do some country, and just kind of mix it up and and play on the crowd and see what they liked at the show, and it was a lot of fun to do that.
1: Mm. Yeah, I love live music. Like I said earlier in the beginning, I definitely love country music, rock too. I guess you know uh, I was a, a rock and roll fan in in, in college. Um, I was with uh you know, some guys like Jethro Toe. A lot of people don't even oh, remember. Jethro Tull. I do, they were
2: uh, great. Um, yeah. No, Eagles were a big
1: influence on
2: me, you
1: know. Jethro Tull, the Eagles, uh uh Hendrix, and uh let me see. It was another group I used to like then it was uh Can Heat. Oh yeah,
2: heard of them. Yeah, it probably I mean, it's just time. a mixed bag oh, for me, but... too. It really is, you know?
1: Well, you know, the, the, the thing is, you know, I talk to a lot of musicians, and the greater ones uh, say just what you said because they understand that, you know, to play uh, different genres of music really, really just hones your craft.
2: Well, absolutely. I believe that fully. I mean, because there's things you're gonna pick up in each genre that maybe country doesn't do a lot of. I mean, if you look at a lot of the great country songs that are written, you can go back and trace the rock and roll behind those songs really. And see the licks and the different things. maybe it's just slowed down a little bit. But there's a whole lot of rock and roll in, you know, in pop country now especially. A lot of it's more R and B than it was than it is country now.
1: Okay, with your particular genre of music that, that you're playing right now, do uh, do you feel like uh the social networking and, and that plays a big part in it for you?
2: I do. I've had a whole lot of uh, success in in that in that sphere and I think that's for any independent artist. You know, it's it's very hard to get national radio plays as, as independent. You can get it, I have got it, different markets. It's a lot of work and a lot of time, but you get a whole lot more, I guess, instant gratification from interacting with your fans directly on social media platforms and uh, Internet airplay. I've seen that a lot in the last few years.
1: Right. Yeah, I guess, you know, the reason I ask that is because for some of us old heads been in the business a long time, we were around when there was no such thing as the Internet. So,
2: oh, exactly.
1: <laughs> we definitely watch how the industry has has changed, You know, you know, the pros and cons in terms of uh, how record labels, you know, acted then, opposed to how they act now with the invent of the Internet, you know, back then, you know, (laughs) they were all over the place, you know, listening to music in clubs because that's how they got to put their ear on stuff. Uh, Right. But now they use use social media and they want to look at your numbers, your hits and your likes and all that, and then determine whether or not they want to come out and really check you out
2: yeah it's almost like you're building a business is what I tell people in Nashville. It's like they wanna see if your business is big enough for for their for them to come out and look at you and see if they wanna you know partner with you and make your business bigger than what it is now and i I tell a lot of folks that ask me, you know how did you get started and things like you've asked me earlier, a lot of it was really just doing the grind work, you know, getting to Nashville, cutting my first album, learning the ropes in the studio um you know starts off with a song, gotta find great songs or write great songs and then go find the folks who can produce those songs for you and, you know, have some some good stuff. And then you can take it out to the masses, and it's going to sound professional, and you can compete with the guys that they're hearing on the radio every day.
1: Did you you produce your first album, or someone else produced it?
2: Uh, A gentleman by the name of Buddy Hyatt was my producer on the first record. Actually, he's produced all my records. He's a great friend of mine. He was a former keyboard player for the band Toto. You remember Toto? Absolutely. Back in the day. Yeah, yeah, he was a keyboard player and just fabulous guy, a great friend of mine, great songwriter. Uh, Been in Nashville now for, I think he's been there 26 years, and he's had cuts on many, many records and produced a a lot of major artists, and I'm happy to call him my friend. So he helped me with that project, for sure.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Well, we got some of your music um, um, queued up here, man, so we're going to let our listeners put their ears on this and... We'll definitely come back and chop it up with you some more about everything that you got going on. Um, we got got uh, Start Your Engines.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> so you want to uh, give Yeah, I'll give a little intro for you. That song was born because I did a NASCAR tour uh, last year, with all the tracks around NASCAR, and they're asking me for some sort of theme song, so, i put this together. I'm um, a producer, and I wrote this song, and it turned out well. We got it used on several promos for NASCAR and different things for O'Reilly Auto Parts. And it's just a fun song, kind of tells the history of NASCAR from running moonshine in North Carolina to, you know, it's just a wide open, fun song. I really enjoyed writing and playing this song.
1: <laughs> that definitely sounds fun, too, especially the moonshine part.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-
1: Everybody, you know what I like to say You know, let the windows down, turn the air conditioner up And put your ears on this, Brad Puckett And start your engines
3: Started with the moonshine run Late in the Carolina sun Going for broke, give a thing to win Running from a loss, how it all began Now they come from all around To raise their hands and throw it down They say, star, Your are Crazy hey. Going to rock this town. Now they got their own set of stars. Risk it on just to drive these cars. Leaving it all out on the track. Never know if they'll make it back. Now all their hopes and dreams start when you all scream. Yeah, you think, start your engine, crank it up loud. Come on, start your engine. Tonight they're going to rock.
1: how that was a
2: hit for NASCAR. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Yeah, that's just a lot of fun. That, i tell you the funny story about that song is that it took me like a month to get that intro wrote, you know, the way I wanted it exactly. And the guys in Nashville are so talented. I walked in the studio and I showed them that lick and I was really proud of that lick. And then he had it down in like 30 seconds. I'm like, you guys suck, man. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I can definitely, definitely, definitely see that one, man. I can hear that one blasting over the speakers and stuff, and I know the cars was loud, but I can definitely hear that blasting over a nice, nice, loud system.
2: Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. That song just wide open from the first note, so I enjoy that one.
1: What was your What was your first single, Brad?
2: The first single we put out nationally. Uh, was a song called At Least I'm Feeling Again. Uh, we did fairly well with that. When we charted on the Music Row charts, we also got um, top 100 on Billboard with that song, and did did very well with that. Did a CMT video and so forth. So that was our very first attempt out the out of the gate, and it's more of a power ballad, really, you know, and kind of pulls the heartstrings of, you know. And we I really enjoyed that song. That was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, that was going to be my next uh, uh, question, too, uh, for you to tell us a little bit about your experience with Billboard.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, It was cool. It's like, you know, once you reach so far up on the charts in Music Row, um, the Billboard Indicator Activator chart will actually start kind of picking up your music, and then those stations will start trying to give you some airplay there. And it helps to go visit those stations and get to know the DJs and the program directors and so forth. And you can influence, hopefully they'll they'll like you well enough and, and play your music. We had some airplay in the Mississippi market, Tennessee, all over the south of that song. And we've had a lot of internet plays of that song, and a whole lot of people that really responded well. I think it just talks about, you know, love gone wrong, getting over it, and coming back song is why people like that song, I believe.
1: Yeah, well, I remember in the old days, you could give uh, <laughs> seasons tickets to the program directors and stuff.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. So now they want to buy the team, mind. I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true, boy. Because they know without them, your music is not going to get played.
2: And that's true, and it's all changed now. I mean, you have some major companies who run... Thousands of channels throughout the country, you know, and um, I was picked up by Clear Channel for this song, and out of out of uh, I think Southern Mississippi, uh, two or three of the main programmers liked it, and you know, and a lot of a lot of your major radio works with consultants who say, hey, this is the new upcoming thing, and a lot of people don't realize that your major labels are, are putting a lot of money into radio. That's their marketing arm to be able right. to say, here's our new music, and here's our new people. And that's what makes it hard for independents to break into that because you have a group of very wealthy record companies using radio as their marketing tool. And if you're an independent without the backing to do that, it makes it very hard.
1: And you said a mouthful right there, and I hope everyone's definitely listening to that. It's definitely very, very hard. You know, And mm-hmm. most young artists don't really realize that, I guess, because they're too busy watching YouTube and Videos, but they don't really know what it takes to even really get to their, their music to that degree.
2: It's true, and I think that to me, if you just get on my soapbox here for a minute, the thing that I always thought was a little bit of a, a tragedy in the music business these days is that you have in country music, I'll speak for country music, you've got 10 labels pushing music from artists they've signed and they think are the best in the world, right? And some of these are all these right. artists are great artists but there's literally 10,000 different types of country music artists out there that somebody, people may never hear. That's the great power and the blessing and the curse of the Internet is you can get your music on the Internet, but there might be a million other people trying to do the same thing. Um, that's why radio is so hard to crack into. They keep it very selective of who they want, and if you're on their particular label and, you know, you know, helping their brand grow. That's really the difference. And that's what a lot of young artists, when I first started, I didn't realize that. You know, I had a lot of investors and people come to me, and we spent a lot of money trying to crack into that market. And it was just a lot of doors in our face because they're like, well, who are you? And, you know, and what have you done? And so you go out and do all these things, and you go back to them. And they're usually a little bit easier to work with a couple of times around, but it does take some money and time. It's It's really a, a marathon, not a sprint. Is what I tell people who are just getting into the business. You're going to have to prepare for a marathon. I mean, you may have a, you may start tomorrow and be the biggest sensation in the world. And most people have to work at it really hard.
1: And I guess what I get a lot of, Brad, and you touched on a very some interesting stuff there. I get a lot of um, artists wanting management, but what they're really seeking is investors.
2: Correct. Yeah.
1: And, and they really don't know the difference, because you know, to me, it's like, well, a manager manages, and a and a a seasoned manager is really not going to take on take you on as a client if you have really nothing to manage. What is he going to do, <laughs> you know?
2: Well, I mean, I, I I was talking to managers in Nashville a few years ago, and they told me the same thing. You know, what do you have that I need to manage? You know, if you if you have a lot going on, great. And then that manager, if he's if they're good at what they do, they're definitely worth the money and time for sure, because as your career grows, there's a lot of things as as an artist I can't speak to. You know, when a fan comes up to me and in, and in, in a and we're a show, my my job is to talk to that fan and engage that fan and you know take time for them. You know, your manager's job is to handle pre-production, post-production. You know, what songs are coming in, all these different things the manager handles. That as an artist, you should be focusing on your artistry and getting better. But I tell you know I tell everybody Nashville you have a guitar in one hand a briefcase in the other you got to always keep an eye on your business.
1: Well that too but I guess part of growing in the business is learning the business and learning the business is knowing what to keep your eye on because sometimes <laughs> exactly. people have a tendency to keep they keep the eye on all the wrong things and True, they, they end that. up losing they they end up losing great opportunities where. Um, You know, I hear guys, you know, I got got a great, great, great song, but, you know, I don't want to let nobody hear it because I'm scared I'm going to get ripped off. Uh, I know for a fact (laughs) I probably paid more dues in this industry than anybody, but, you know, at some point, you know, we all have paid our dues to do what we're doing today, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm sure uh, all the experiences you've had, I mean, you've paid your dues, too. Other than that, you wouldn't be, you know, where you are today.
2: And uh um, Well I, I agree people, and I tell people but, who like, say about the whole song thing right. about their songs gonna get ripped off. I've had songs right. that I've wrote that other artists have took and rewrote, that, that happens. But I was taught by Kim Williams, a fabulous Hall of Fame songwriter in Nashville, he was a mentor of mine. He said, If you're that damn good, write another one So he told me. You know, and I said, Well, you got a point, right? So, um I, I just don't worry about that. I mean if your song great songs are gonna find a way they're going to find a path, I believe. And I think they're going to hit the right people at the right time. I, I I like to
1: also say, look, if if it costs you a song to get it in the game, get in the game. And once you're in the game, mm-hmm. then you could jockey for a position. But first get in the game because if you're not even in the bleachers and you're outside in the parking lot in the stadium, what are you complaining about? <laughs> you know what I mean? What are you, What are you worried about? Come on
2: we've, Exactly we've all been,
1: And you got to You, know, you got to have Some skin in the game For sure Yeah We've all done Co-written songs And uh, didn't get credit for it Or, or written a song mm-hmm. And somebody else Took the song And But You know If you're afraid To get out there Then um, Just make music For yourself And stay in your bedroom But if you want to be In this business For real There's just certain things You know Protect yourself The best as possible There's things That you can do and uh get in the game get out there do something
2: well absolutely man you got to you got to be moving forward and you got to be taking action and that's the real key to i think success in any business especially the music business is you know people aren't going to jump on the hood of your car and ask you for shows you got to go out and audition and prove yourself and you know earn the right to do that for sure
1: how about somebody asking, uh, you get this one all the time, and I know, I don't know, when you first started, I mean, did you get paid for your first gig, or did you do a lot of promotional stuff initially?
2: No, that was a total, it was funny, it was in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I played a little a little uh, sports bar with a friend of mine, and, and it was probably just an awful performance, but we, we thought we sounded good, but we got tips, we didn't get a paid set rate of money, we got tips that night, I think we made like pretty good for a couple hour show, it wasn't bad. But not out of the gate. People weren't paying me to, to come play. You know, Now we, we have a set rate, and the, and the shows got bigger and different things. But I think when you first start out, and I tell people this all the time, it's not about the money. It's about do you love what you're doing? Is it moving you? If it moves you, it's going to move somebody else. You do what you love, the money will, will be there eventually. Maybe not at first, but it will be.
1: Well, I get hit with. Can I find? Can you find me some venues to play in? Could you get me a gig? You know, and and we need to make some money. And I'm like, uh, well, I don't know too many people that would um, pay you that don't know you. Who would you pay to go see that you don't know?
2: Well, that's and that's hard to say to people, but that's true. That's the right answer. I mean, it's it's hard to hear that, but it's you know, if you don't have any kind of following, then then people are going to be like. I don't know who you are, so why would I pay you to come to my my bar or my location? So I tell folks to start regionally. Start in your hometown, you know, and if you do well there and you want to take it on to Nashville, you're not going to get paid a lot of money to play in Nashville. It just doesn't happen. You might make tips in Nashville, but there's so many musicians there, they're not going to say, oh, yeah, we're going to give you X amount of dollars to play us tonight. You really got to do it because you love it.
1: During my little tenure as a manager, <clears throat> I paid venues before to have my acts perform. Oh, I did it the first time, but once they came in and blew the place out, you know what I mean. I didn't have to do it anymore. You know what I mean? They they were they were paying us then from then forward. But you know, right. uh, we've even had to do that just to to get the act uh, a, a name to jump start their brand. And
2: that's a smart move. I mean, you can't do that forever, of course. But I mean, like you know, once if you have a great artist and a great a great talent they come and do a great job and the venue makes money out of it. so yeah we'll do it again i've had to do that other uh, parts of places i've played you know coming up for sure yes
1: yes I, I just wanted to get that out there to some uh young artists as well because i've heard those comments too no, They should be paying me they should be paying me i'm not going to pay nothing to go in there and perform for free and i'm like well hell man they don't even know you do Come on, you don't know who's going to see you up there, you know what I mean? That one show could change your whole life forever. I say, but you, they don't know you, man. What are you talking about? Who, who was you pay that you didn't know? Come on, keep it. they say keep it real. Let's really keep it really, really real. Who are you going to
2: pay to go see that you don't know? Well, that's the hard it's truth, gonna, and that's true. I mean, I agree with deal. that. I mean, I've heard that a lot as you're coming up through the ranks, you know, and then people start to find out who you are, and then they're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah, I'll go see him. And then you get – you get. Yeah. I see you have normal fans and you have raving fans who just buy everything you put out and love you and show up at all the shows. Those those folks are priceless, but you've got to start somewhere. You know, the very first fair I played, I didn't get paid for that. And there was – you know, I was opening for a major act, and there was 20,000 people in the audience. But we sold $1,500 worth of merchandise, which I paid the band and myself. and. I got to play in front of 20,000 people. That was
1: awesome. And created you know, a, I, and created, a re, created a relationship and got your name out there. You probably got publicity and press that you probably wouldn't have been able to pay for ordinarily if you had to come out of your pocket and do it.
2: Exactly. And it was, a, it was a great show. It was a ton of fun. You know, we had the crowd with us about three songs in, and they stayed with us the whole time. And, you know, that was a blast. You know, that was the first time I really – you know, got to do a show that large and, and really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. And that's all part of building your brand. I mean, that's all part of the journey.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I played a lot of shows, the empty chairs and, you know, drunks that didn't care and a lot of, a lot of places like that. So it, it nothing wasn't, <laughs> you know, it's a, way <laughs> a start, you know. <laughs>
1: Hey, hey, Brad. Long as they was, yeah. long as it look, you made me think about a scene on the Blues Brothers uh, when they had the screen in front of them and they was throwing the beer bottles and stuff at them.
2: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, the, the long I as, played, I played as long as they was
1: once. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, long as they wasn't uh, chunking stuff at you.
2: Exactly. Yeah, I played a club one time. I walked in and there was chicken wire on the front of the stage. And I was like, what is this? I've never seen that. You know, I've seen all the old movies and that stuff. And they're like, well, that's in case you suck. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. I said, what does that do? He said, well, that keeps the beer bottles from hitting you. I said, well, guys don't suck because I don't want to get in with a beer bottle. <laughs> <Well>, fortunately, <laughs> we, we didn't get any beer thrown at us that night. We did pretty good. Well,
1: that's a good thing. That's definitely a good thing. Definitely a good yep. thing. Listen, man. We're gonna play some more of your music, man. We're gonna uh, play "Waiting on Thunder." That sounds like a good
2: one. Yeah, that's a that's a fun song. Uh, that song, uh, some great songwriters out of Canada had pitched me that song on on our last record that we were working on called Crossroads. And um, I heard the demo of that song. I thought, man, this is gonna be cool. I really want to put this out, and it got some great response with it. And it's another up tempo, roll top down and get going song. So I think you'll like this one, hopefully.
1: Definitely, definitely Okay everybody, you know the drill Let the windows down, turn the air conditioner up I like seeing that Put your ears on this This is Waiting on Thunder, Brad Puckett
3: Radio said there's a big one coming Clouds rolled in but she didn't want to go Laying on the hood when we should have been running Burning too hot to feel the air turn cold From the fire in her eyes, all caught up in a force of nature, way too strong for a couple kids to fight. The rain fell down.
1: One what uh what was the composition of that? I like the guitar work that was you on the lead
2: on the guitar, um on the track there, but i I actually put together the guitar parts and give it to them, yeah, for sure oh, okay that was definitely, I
1: write all right, all right, the guitar
2: parts they get to play it better than I do, so that's what's cool about get the, the players the <laughs>
1: how you work how do you work that out? <laughs>
2: I don't know, man. I just write it down. I'm like, here's kind of what I'm looking for, and, and I kind of go over it with them. They're like, oh, I can do that, and I'm like, okay. Well, are you sure? They're like, yeah, I got it. And you go get the, in the booth to sing, and they they just played it better than you ever could. You know? so it, it's really discouraging when you work your ass off on a on a uh, on a track, and then you, you walk in and they just take it over and play it better than you ever could. So I've I've learned in Nashville, that musicians are unbelievable, and. And it's like on that song right there. I told the lead guitar player, I said, I really don't want a honky tonk sound. I want more of a driving rock sound. And he pulled out about three different guitars, and we tried different things, and he come up with that. And I said, that's perfect. Roll that. see
1: <laughs> he, he pulled out three different guitars.
2: Huh? And he's like, how about this one? I'm like, that's that's cool. Let's try that. And you know, and it's it's funny because you write these songs initially acoustically, right? And you're like, here's the parts, I think. And, you know, you get you get your ego, and you go in there and say, I got this. And then those guys just kind of make make you feel this big, you know, really small. But, you know, that's the beautiful thing about Nashville is the musicians are unbelievable, and they're really, they're really humble, nice people. They really are. Hey, well, that's a great thing. That's, that's
1: a great thing that you at least have the ability and able to work with them. And I guess when everybody's humble, that's when the magic is made.
2: I agree, man. Yeah, I mean, I learned a long time ago, my first month in Nashville, you need to check your ego at the door. Uh, A a story I'll tell you, you have a lot of independent artists listening and different younger artists around the country, is I went to Nashville, you know, I was a big dog in my hometown, you know. I'd sold all these places out, and I was a big big dick to do, right? Well, my first day in Nashville, you know, I'd met Buddy Hyatt, a great producer, played with all over the world with, with different bands and Toto. And we went in the studio, and there's a major difference in singing live and singing in the studio. There's two two different worlds there you have to learn, really. And I didn't know how to sing in a professional studio at the time. I could sing well, but I wasn't a studio singer. I wasn't ready to do albums yet. So we cut about three tracks, three different songs, my first day at the studio. And Buddy Hyatt looks at me and says, man, he said, come out here a minute. And he said, I'm just going to tell you some things that will help you. He said, you're really good, but you you don't have a clue what you're doing in the studio. You need to go home and figure it out. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I am thinking, what, man? Are you serious? I, I mean, you know, you don't know whether to laugh or cry at that moment, you know? And I was like, uh, what are you talking about, man? He's like, "He's like, look, is, you don't know how to keep things in, in the right rhythmic patterns. He goes, I'm going to give you some homework. Go home. When you're ready, call me. We'll get back on it. And, you know, I left there, my head down, feeling like I'd failed and was upset because I thought, man, I'm good at what I do. And then I realized I'm not that good at what I do. That was that ego. That was that ego talking. (laughs) Yeah. He put that right in his place real fast. And, you know, and he's like, he's like, man, I like you a lot. He said, but I'm not going to sit here and produce a record for you when you're not ready. And I said, Well, I'm ready. I'm in Nashville. He's like, who cares if you're in Nashville? He said, if you don't do a great record, ain't nobody going to hear it. Nobody's going to care. I said, okay. So I went back home and figured out that I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Came back a couple months later uh, to his studio, and we cut seven seven songs that day and finished the record, and and he was pleased with the performance. So it, it took a lot of work, but a lot of humility. That's really the key. Just stay humble and work hard. That's what I tell people all the time. Just stay humble, man. Work hard. You attract more people that way. I, I don't. I don't have a big ego now. I mean, I just don't. I think when I first started, I may have. And I think as an artist, you got to have some swagger to you. You got to have some ability you to do. get up and do your thing. But you don't have to treat yeah, people that way. Uh, I have an opportunity a couple years ago playing a show in St. Louis at the uh, St. Louis Cardinals baseball stadium, and. Uh, at the, part, at the end of that event, O'Reilly Auto Park sponsored that event. Well, I, I got to meet Richard Petty, the king of NASCAR, right? And, you know, he said, man, just always be humble. Sign every autograph you can. Talk to anybody you can. He said, because the, the people who hear your music now are the ones who who will make your career for 100 years from now. He said, everybody else, is blowing up your ego. And he was couldn't have been more correct, you know, and... So from that conversation, I try to take all the time I can and and meet people at every fair we get to play and every concert we play and you know get to interact with the people. That's really what what matters.
1: Yes, it is, boy. Because it's hard to ask somebody to support you that don't like you.
2: No, and you got your haters out there, man. I mean, you can you can get up. I mean, I just heard this one time in Nashville, I played a show. And I thought it was the best show I'd ever done. You know. People were going nuts. We had them standing up, singing all night long. And then I got off stage, and, and a guy I really looked up to in the songwriter world. I'm like, "What would you think, man? How would that go?" He goes, "Well, you're not blowing my skirt up, man." <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I'm like, "My God, what's wrong with you people down here? You know, it was a great show." He's like, "Yeah, you're pretty good, man, but you're not blowing nobody straight up around here." He said, "We've seen that a hundred times." I was like, "But you just, you just take, you just take it in stride, man."
1: Yeah, you can't really have no soft skin, boy, because you're absolutely <laughs> no. right. You definitely need a certain amount of swag about yourself. Uh, it's
3: mm-hmm. like a little
1: bit of ego because that's like the ethyl in your gas tank. you got to have that to keep going because there's so many people out there going to, you know, just pick you to pieces. Um, oh, they will. And and it, they are just gonna pick you to pieces if it, if they if they can't find anything wrong, then they're gonna talk about your shoes or something. They're gonna, oh, exactly. they gonna find something.
2: Well, they'll say, find something. "Who this guy think he is?" You know, I play shows like that, and you know, it's funny. And yeah, you know, I have a good sense of humor about it now. When I first started, I get mad about it. Now I don't get mad about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's gonna be haters. There's gonna be people who don't understand it. You know, and you just you just do your thing, man, and just go up there and, and, and do what you love and if I think the people who matter get it, and, and they appreciate you. The ones who are going to critique you and be mean to you, you don't need them anyway.
1: You're absolutely right, because they're definitely not going to support you. When they hear you on the radio, they're hey, the ones going to be smacking their lips.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, they'll be like, oh, yeah, I knew him. I remember that guy. Yeah, yeah, man, I got that a lot, too. When I first got on the radio, it was funny. Um, Back in my hometown, I had some guys that was in a band with me, and then they quit me to go to play for a different band because they told me that I wasn't ever going to do anything and I wasn't ever going to make the radio and, and videos and all the things I had dreamed of doing. And, you know, I got lucky and was able to do those things. And when I came back home, I had a few shows. I brought my band from Nashville. Well, they show up and like, hey, man, we want to play with you. We want to do all these shows. I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, They're like where was you at? Where was you at when when it mattered, man, you know? And they're like, well, man, we can do it now. But then because I said no, I became the bad guy, you know. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm you a know jerk, and nobody wants to work with me. I'm like, all right, whatever, man. Yeah,
1: yeah you took all their Christmas presents.
2: I did. I made them all mad for years, apparently. And now if I go back to my hometown <laughs> and do anything, they show up, and they're like, yeah, I remember you. You're that, you're that butthole, man. And it was funny. Every studio <laughs> I went to. I went, to a, I went to a studio up there one time to sing a demo track for some guys, and they had another group in there who I actually kind of had known in the past. They didn't know I was there and never met me in my life, right? And I'm standing in the backstage getting ready to come into the studio, and there's a guy sitting there, and he goes, hey, man, talking to me. He said, you know that Brad Puckett guy? I was like, yeah, I know him. What about him? <laughs> so I just went along with it. He's like, I heard he's kind of a jerk. I was like, yeah, I've heard that too. You got to watch it. I was like, good to meet you. And I walked in, and it had on, it had at on the door who was sitting next, which was me. He's like, oh, that's you. I was like, yeah, it is me. Good to meet you, man. <laughs> so I, just, you know, <laughs> I thought, wow. You know, never knew me in my life. Didn't know I've done, you know, hundreds of shows for free for, for different organizations and charities and try to, you know, give back and just be thankful. And But you got to ignore it. You really do. As a new artist, you just got to ignore it and go on.
1: Brad, we got a uh, we got Drive here too, so we're going to play that and um okay. Tell us a little bit about something about this.
2: Uh I like that song. That song was from the same writers from Waiting on Thunder. Both of those guys had sent me these songs and and um Drive, I like the first line uh about the ghost in this town follow me around. I love that song. It kind of takes you back and it's like just driving and get away from things and I found myself doing that over the years if I'm having a bad week, just get in the car and have got enough gas, get up the road somewhere and just sit down on the guitar and write and get your mind off things. So that's what this song is all about, and it was a lot of fun to cut this song.
1: Okay, well, here we go, everybody. You know the drill. Let the windows down, turn the air conditioner up, and put your ears on this, Brad Puckett, and drive.
3: Can't The quiet's way too loud For me to hear the sound Of my heart breaking Breaking hey, I can't stand still I'm gonna put it in dry And take on for tomorrow Put it in dry And take off for tomorrow Let it all ride. girl, Miss Dramaganza, mm-hmm, check. Lip gloss, check. Mascara, check. I am Indy with the homie k Biddy. check, check. You listening to Blog Talk Radio, baby, and I love you for it. Mwah.
1: Yes, we're back with our guest today, Mr. Brad Puckett, doing his thing. <laughs> that, was another, that was another great song, man.
2: Thanks, man. I appreciate that.
1: I can see you take time with your lyrics.
2: Yeah, I, I enjoy a great lyric. I, I think that's I like painting pictures of my lyrics. I always did, you know, being able for the listener to see what's going on versus just tell them what's going on. I think that's critical to, to a great song.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, I agree. So what's what's next for you and the band? What do you guys got coming up?
2: Well, we've got, uh, we're finishing up a, a new record right currently. We're finished, I'm finishing up the record. Uh, hopefully I'll have that done here in the next few months and um, hopefully to send you a copy of that, take a listen, see what you think about it, Lamont. Let's get your opinion of the record. Um, yes. Next time, we got some shows booked this summer. We're going to start, you know, playing. we got some opening dates coming up for some uh, artists that are out there on the radio, and, and we've got some new singles going to the radio this summer as well. So, we're excited about that. So, a whole lot of things coming up. Uh, you know, I've got it. My next show actually is an acoustic show I'll be doing in Crossville, Tennessee. I'll be doing a I think it's the 27th of March. I'm going to do this two-hour show for me, and it's just me and a guitar. And, and the band the band's not going to play that one, but, you know, they enjoy that too. Sometimes I'll take my fiddle guy or I'll take my lead guy with me on those, and we just have a ton of fun with the crowd on those shows. Well,
1: great. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to hear hearing all your music, man. I'm definitely. Appreciate you taking time out for us to come through and check us out and let us hear what you got going on. Uh, well, also, you, I want to ask it. you, too, when you when, when you get some time, man, put together a drop for the show for us. I'd like to have one, so let everybody oh, know. Oh, absolutely. I'll,
2: here, I'll so. do that tonight like and send that. it to you.
1: Yeah, man. I'll I, get that uh, over that to you. That would be great. Yeah, great, great. And that way we can definitely stay in tune and definitely let us know, you know, when you come coming. Uh, Toward the west coast, man So we can come out and see you and support you
2: (laughs) Thanks, man Well, I I really appreciate the opportunity To be on your show And uh, for your listeners to hear my music I I really feel honored you did that Thanks, man, it really means a lot
1: Oh, man, it's definitely our our honor, man And our pleasure as well And um, also, tell everybody where they can go Get copies of your music And how they can get in contact with you
2: they can um, go to bradpuckettmusic.com, That You can get any of our, our current albums or singles that are out there. Of course, we're on iTunes and all your major um, markets. We're on, um or as well, which it also handles our iTunes account and things like that. You can find us there. Uh, Reverb Nation, all my music's there. If I just want to hear the music and get an idea of who we are. Um, so any of those sites, you know, Facebook, um, Brad Puckett Music is on Facebook and find us there with our show dates and schedules and where we're gonna be and and um, like I said we're looking forward to getting more out west. We got some opportunities I hope for coming up soon in Colorado and more toward California and if we get out that way I'll holler at you man. You guys can come out and hang out with us.
1: Oh for sure man. Definitely look forward to to it man and I got some cowboy boots too. <laughs>
2: we'll bring a hat for you, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, hey look, I'm from Texas, so I'm a cowboy anyway A lot of my friends hey, always clown go. me about that <laughs> They always clown yeah. me about that They say, like, man, you still country
2: Well, that's nothing wrong with that, man
1: No, no, actually, I take it as a compliment Because actually, a lot of people <laughs> come from the country They're they, they real people, you know Either they like you or they don't They're not phony
2: you know. No, that people from the country pretty much speak their mind. I agree with that.
1: Yep, yep, yeah, same yeah. Well thanks again, Brad. We appreciate you, man. Much much respect, man, and, and continue to do continue the good good work and uh don't be a stranger, come back through and holler at us and uh we'll be looking forward to that drop.
2: Absolutely, man. Have a good one. Take care.
1: All right, Brad Puckett, everybody. The show will be available worldwide in its entirety in a couple of minutes, so there's uh, no excuse for you not to get it, not to hear it. I mean, there's a wealth of information for your artists that's up and coming in the business, and if you have problems finding the show, you could, always ask your, you could always ask your mama to ask your daddy to ask the man next door, the neighbor across the street, or the milkman, <laughs> so you don't have no excuse for not being able to hear the show, you know. I'm sure even your pet heard the show. So hear the show, get what information that can help you on with your career. So that's what I got to say, and I'm not preaching. Lamar Patterson out. See you next week on IMND.